This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I am joined by Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today? I'm doing great, Gabby. I am living on West Coast time working on east coast time and talking to you on central time and lord knows who our guest is so <laughs> so uh, a fun morning it's been a little bit technically challenging with all this hoopla but super excited to have this young lady joining us today uh and i think we're in for a treat so i won't give it away yet i'll let you give it away <laughs> awesome well as greg was saying today we have an amazing guest who is wearing some awesome hearts heart glasses which i love um but it is Paige knows and she is plumber page she is a trades advocate and Paige, how are you doing today hi i just want to thank both of you for having me gabby and greg and good morning I, it's, it's a pretty great morning i get to talk to you guys so i'm happy <laughs> well if that's your bar of success that we're, we need to talk i'm looking at you we need to have a better word, but no, we appreciate you, Paige. Um, it is always fun when we have uh, lively personalities. And when I first started learning about you and following you online, you just have this effervescent type personality that keeps bubbling up like a, you know, Alka-Seltzer back in my day was the, the uh, bubbling up. So. I will compare you to that, but you are very effervescent. So, Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to to get to talk to you. You have a lot of stuff going on. I know that uh, you are a student. You are a uh, an author. You are a uh, video star. You are an influencer. You got all this stuff going, and you're like what twenty years old. So yep, it's it's really cool. So all right, um, so. Let, let's just back up a little bit. I'm excited. I've had four coffees and I'm working on a Mountain Dew because, again, it's 11.15 where I live, but it's 8 o'clock where I'm at. So, anyway, I'm all jacked up in a good way. So, tell us about Plumber Page, how you came about that cool moniker, how you got started in the trades, why you're doing what you're doing, all that good stuff that that. I think our listeners would be eager to hear of how a young lady uh, explodes into this industry like you have. All right. So it starts back in eighth grade when I was in middle school. I was touring a technical school that was an option to go to half day or full day in high school. But, you know, in the academic world that we live in, they were very focused on just show the kids because it's on the checklist, the tech school, and then convince them to go to, you know, your normal school all day. It was very kind of uncommon for you to go to trade school if you were a straight A student, which I was. So um, I when I walked into the tech school, I wanted to look at like the plumbing and the construction related labs. And they showed me labs like culinary and cosmetology because, you know, I'm a straight A girl. So it was just more for fun to look at it and then move out of there and get back on track for the college prep route. Um, I didn't do that. I went to school for plumbing all four years of high school, and that's where kind of Plumber Page emerged. And um, I graduated 2020, so COVID year. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was working for a plumbing company, and then I kind of just stopped because of COVID. So then I started focusing 
my energy somewhere else. So I started writing books and filming podcasts and just doing as much trade advocacy stuff as I can to convince other kids that they can also go to trade school. Like you don't have to go college or trade school. It's good to work with your hands. So I want to show off my books. If Look at you. <laughs> this I is the first that. book, Plumber Page, Let's Replace a Shower Head. And then the second one is Plumber Page, Let's Fix a Running Toilet. And then I'm working on my third one right now. But this is where it all started. I started writing books and creating content. And then from that, I just started getting a lot of recognition as Plumber Page. People in Canada were hiring me to do public speaking engagements to students, which was really cool. And just from there, I've really grown on, you know, working on advocating for the trades because I have a story to share and people want to listen and it's impactful and that's you know it's pretty rewarding and I also work with kick-ass careers and an all girls let's build construction camp so you know I'm working on it <laughs> what do you what do you do in your spare time <laughs> I crochet and I go to sun that's about all I have time for <laughs> that is really cool uh I was laughing when you said you graduated in 2020 I'm like Jesus Louise's uh Thank you for again reminding me of my my uh, seasoned age, but uh, I, I freaking love that. All right, so um, a lot of stuff there. I think you, you gave me a good reminder because we've had uh, and Gabby, it was before your time. But there was a young lady we had on the show. I think it was Dee Durant who was also a straight A student and wound up going down this career. And, you know, we, and, and I met at this conference this week on HVAC, our education, and there's a big conversation going on about the stigma behind the trades. And, uh, and I, in fact, I was just reading a report this morning It's from a great group It's called EGIA, the Electrical Gas Industry Association, I think it's what it is, but EGIA Foundation, if anybody wants to go, you can download the report. But what it really shows is the the public perception of the skilled trades, that it's kind of a, a dirty thing to get into, so to speak. Uh, there's a section in there I really found interesting on, um, I know I'm rambling, but I'll come back to my point in a moment, I promised, of how parents would perceive their kid to go into a trade versus how the kid would perceive their parents thinking about that. The parents are cool with it. The kids don't think the parents would be cool with it. And it's all from a lack of exposure, but a really, really good piece. My point here is that you don't have to be a down and outer or an outlier or a dropout wannabe to become a very successful person in the trades. And there's such a misconception about that. It's like the trades were the, the, uh, the thing to do if you didn't have anything else to do, as opposed to using the trades as your target you know that's where you're actually moving towards rather than winding up in so congrats on uh the straight a's uh, i was laughing yesterday because my sister who, who's been on the podcast before some guy was asking me about the podcast and he said i think i'll listen to it with your your sister your sister-in-law and she seemed really smart and i'm like does that mean I sounded really dumb? Like, <laughs> um, it's just funny because here she is, straight A, PhD lady, and then here I am, destined to go into the career, uh, uh, trade careers at an early age. But that's cool. I mean, that's okay, and we've got to get comfortable with that as a society 
that that is a perfectly legit and and a desired outcome as opposed to where where did Sue's uh Susan wind up? Well, she's a plumber. Well, Jesus Christ, let's all celebrate that she's a plumber. So anyway, that was a ramble. Thank you. No, I love it. I 100% agree. Everybody has different strengths. You should play to them. Well, there, there's this whole stigma around high school uh, placement counselors and how they're encouraged to send kids to school, uh, traditional university or college. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they're compensated. I don't know all the details. I do know that the default is college. And we've got to at least get that to where it's is college and or tech school or tech school and or college. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. I did some of both. Um, I'm doing both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's doable. So, all right. What was your, your background was high school uh, uh, and you got into the trades program in high school, the vocational piece. Was your family a uh, trades family or did you come from, from PhD people or what, where, where did you spawn out of? Um, my mom is a registered nurse and my dad, were, he's an IT guy. So immediate family, no. Um, there's a lot of trade knowledge within the family and my parents also own rental properties. So that's where I got a lot of like the construction knowledge and where I got interested in working with my hands. Um, yeah. So they were very supportive of me, but it was still a weird path that they weren't really expecting me to take. Yeah. Which is really cool, dude. I I love when I was a kid, I loved throwing my parents a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love telling this story and everybody gets a laugh out of it. Um I go home from touring the tech school and I tell my mom I want to be a plumber and she's like, Girl, you know you're gonna have to touch like actual poop and I'm like yeah, there's more to it than that, but it's okay. I'll wear some gloves and put on a mask. <laughs> Just like she does as a nurse. So, yeah, uh, right? <laughs> you know, I, I think that that is uh, so profound, but there's more to it than that. You know, yeah. Bob Baker, your fellow Canadian uh, plumber, I don't know if you follow Bob or not, but he is hysterical. Baker plumbing out of uh, Calgary. He does some of the funniest stuff plumbing associated rarely does it have to do with poo but it's just all the different things plumbers get into from repairing boilers to making sure that you know there's hot water for for showering what have you it's just very interesting that people always go to poo um (laughs) yeah i I don't know because poo talk's fun i guess people gravitate towards it but so um, all right. Can you give us a little sneak peek of the new book? Uh, yeah. You've got a shower head and you got a toilet. What's what's on the horizon? So I think I'm going to work on series of three. So the third one that I've been making up in my mind as of right now, because I'm too busy to draw right now, but uh, snaking a drain, probably a oh, sink cool. drain. But, you know, that's like I feel like a lot of people would use that. Kids and adults, they could all know how to do it. <laughs> Well, every hotel I go in, I wish I had the ability to do it because they don't drain very well for whatever right. reason. So that I think that's a great one. And you could also talk about what to do if you drop your wedding ring or your engagement ring down and how to pull the feet trap apart. Yeah. So you're you're going to university or tech school. What Where are you at in your educational route right now? This is my second year at a community college for construction management. 
I didn't plan on going to college, but I won some scholarships. So I was like, why not? Let's just take a couple classes. And it's been two years already and it's unbelievable, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm learning a lot. And then I probably will be coming back here for either something animated related so that I can create Plumber Page in real life and like TV shows or games or something like that, or business related just to pursue a public speaking career. Well, don't forget the financial aspects of that because with all the good stuff you've got going on, basic accounting is phenomenal for small business owners to know. Uh, True. Yeah. I learned that the hard way, but it 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 finally paid off when I went back and learned it. Because uh, yeah. we don't, you know, as, as a trade, we don't talk much about understanding a business because most trades people's work for a business; they don't own one. Right. And um, I, I think that that's a little bit of a shortcoming of our trade. But, you know, I understand we only had a limited amount of classroom time and we have to put it where we need it. And I, I but I, I feel like anybody who's as entrepreneurial based as you are and, and spirited, you're, that that financial education will always help you to understand yeah. where you are and negotiating and all that good stuff. So. I mean, just you've just got all this stuff going. I, I'm just everything you you said earlier. I tried to jot down, and it's like, yeah. why? Where do where do we dive in? Because there's a lot to it. So, um, how are you still associated with Jamie McMillan and the Kickass Church, uh, Kickass Careers Program? And I also understand that's about to go through a little name change. If I if I read the tea leaves correctly, or are tweaking the name perhaps. And Jamie's got some new stuff coming out. So Yeah, Jamie's been working really hard. She's really growing on her own as well as with the team. Um, honestly, the team's a really supportive group and I wish I could be more involved. I've been very distracted or focused. I don't know which word you want to use uh, on school and just getting that done because it's been yeah. very busy my workload recently. So I haven't been as involved as I would like to, but you know, we work together. We send each other contacts. I'm always, you know, looking for advice and they always help me. So it's, you know, it's pretty good. And then I have a lot of um, gigs in Canada for some reason. So I'm always talking to them about like, how does it work in Canada versus America? Like, what are the little differences and all that? And where do you live, Paige? Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So I was in Canada last week, actually, in, in Toronto, where where Jamie's based, and I think she's still there. Uh, there is a big difference in what Canada is doing, uh, in my opinion. They're doing some really cool stuff. In fact, they just uh, passed an act last week uh, that allowed uh, 11th graders to go into trades full-time for education. Wow. So I think they're really starting to uh, understand the, the, the the change that's required in public yeah. education because we miss this generation of people. You know, the people between your age and my age right. did, did not have uh, as much exposure to trades opportunities in school as what you did and as what I did. So we've got this 30-year gap of, right. of what are we going to do, you know, plural. And uh, that's education, awareness, all those things we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's a crap load of people in between that don't know anything about the trades. And right. this report I was talking about earlier, and on, it, it said, you know, like 20-year-olds, what percentage of the 20-year-old 20, uh, 20 population 
understands what HVAC is. Uh, you could you could say that about plumbing or electrician, and it would probably be a similar dynamic. But like eighty percent of twenty year olds didn't even know what HVAC was or how it impacted right. their life. Yeah. So one one of the guys uh, that's here, one of the instructors that's at this conference, said yesterday, a lot of people can deal without the V and the AC. But you've got to have the H for heating and you got to have the R for refrigeration or you really start to impact people's lives. You know, we lived a long time without air conditioning. People die without heat and people don't eat well without refrigeration. And, and I was talking to my wife last night about this and it really comes down to people starting to feel the pinch of not having skilled labor and how it impacts their lives before they start going, huh, I, I wonder if I should, you know, start thinking about this differently. Um, yeah. You know, I, I took my car in last week for service. There was a weird noise under the under the hood. I look under the hood and hell, I can't see anything. It's all plastic and, you know, like aerodynamic under the hood. So I take it to the dealer and it, it's got a pulley, and a and a, a problem with the belt tensioner. The guy said we all have it in stock, and if we had it in stock, I can't get to it for a week um, because we don't have enough mechanics. Yeah. So the point I'm I'm trying to make is it really has to hit people at home, whether it be refrigeration, plumbing, yeah, your lights don't work, whatever. Before you start realizing that we're seriously in need of more skilled labor. Right. I preach it from the mountaintops daily. You know, I mean, that's my mission now is to get yeah. people aware. But it kind of goes back to, you know, the relationship portion of our lives and how we talk about these trades and how we expose people to the trades. You were fortunate, I think, you know, you were on a, a forced exposure. I mean, for lack of a better way, you didn't have a choice. You were going to see this plumbing deal. A lot of kids don't have that option, you know. They don't right. know that there's an option. And I asked Gabby this question last week, you know, as as a youngster, was she aware of the HVAC in her home? You know, it just you take it for granted. It's cool and it's warm when it's supposed to be. But what about plumbing and what about electrical? What about welding, highway workers? I mean, you see all this stuff out there that's happening. And we all take it for granted. We get on an airplane. We're assuming that that motor has been properly serviced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm just on this awareness kick right now in my head of how do we get more people like going, duh, we've got to have this stuff. Yeah. yeah. What's your take on it? Parents are a great place to start because, I mean, I like the information that you shared that parents have more of an open mind to it. And then kids think that parents wouldn't be supportive. From my experience, it's been almost the opposite. The kids are excited to go home and tell their parents and the parents are like, oh, that's kind of not what I expected you to do. Um, but I think it's good also to start like reaching out to the kids. There's a lot of books going around now that explain how things in houses work to get kids thinking about that earlier. I think um, shows would be a great way because like growing up, I had like Bob the Builder and that that's how I knew that things existed <laughs> and that there were skilled trade workers. I think, yeah, 
And I think that's what I'm trying to do too. So the books, I really want to create some sort of content to reach to the kids to show them more. There, there's a company also, and it, it's it's a shameless plug. I have no relation with them, but I, I have looked at them. They're a UK-based company called, it's either Smith or Smythe. I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but S-M-Y-T-H-E, I believe. And they make these really cool electronic boards for kids so that you can start teaching electricity at a very early age. Of how do you make the doorbell ring? You know, stuff that kids can associate to real life and, and you spark a little interest there. Mm-hmm. There are there are things out there that we can show children, middle schoolers, which I think is a really sweet age to start plucking these kids off because it, it, they do have exposure to Paige the Plumber, you know, on Disney streaming channel coming soon near you, I'm sure. But uh, I hope. <laughs> A Bob the Builder type environment where yeah. you, you have a lot of eyeballs on it. And then you have books and you have games and what have you. And then if you're in middle school, you start seeing, you know, real people come in. Because I really believe it takes real people connecting with real people yeah. uh, to make an impact. You know, I think that that's imperative that we do that um, from that very early age. And, you know... I just see when I watch little kids playing, they're they're doing stuff like playing with dump trucks, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're not predisposed to thinking that's bad. We do that to them as a society with our snooty white collar mentality that you can't wear a pair of work boots and look good or, or, or look good to society. I don't mean I don't mean cosmetically, but, you know, be in a good place. So I just think it's perception. I know it's going to take time to change. It took us 35 or 40 years to get here. Uh, right. I hope it doesn't take that long to get out. But, you know, I, I just love the fact that you're doing it at your early age and that you're approaching it to children at such an early age. And it's just, it's really cool. So you're going to get out at uh, TED school or community college and, and you're learning, I guess right now, project management kind of stuff for, for yep. construction management. Yeah. All right. Um, which is huge just to manage your own life. I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. some days I feel like I need a Gantt chart just to get, get going. Uh, <laughs> and if those of you that don't know what a Gantt chart is, don't look it up. You'll be screwed up for life. But, um, it's got two T's on the end of Gantt, by the way. When you do look it up, because you will, because I planted that seed now. So what what would be next, Paige? What do what do you are you crimping pipe anywhere, or are you strictly academic at this point? At this point, I'm working more on the trade advocate route. I really love working with my hands still, and I would love to get maybe like a part time job somewhere, which I do kind of do still, just for all the investments and friends and family. Uh, I love working with my hands, but I like to say I can make a way bigger of an impact changing the lives of thousands, getting them into the trades rather than just adding more person into it. So I'm not against working with my hands. I still love to do it. And I would like to make content working with my hands, but also focusing more on speaking to students and writing books and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I think that we can accept that as always. You don't lose your soldering skills. Yeah. Oh, I'm a perfect solderer. <laughs> which profession? It's soldering. Yes. You know, it's such an art bar. It is. It's a, it's it's something that I mean. I love I love 
pressing. I think that's a really cool technique. But you still need to be able to solder when you need to be able to solder. So, right. Um, so I was talking to a fellow yesterday. He works for uh, Emerson uh, White Rogers, which is a, a, a brand well-known in the HVAC industry. And um, we follow each other online, but we had never met him in, in real life. So we were chatting. And um, he was telling me he sold his business several years ago. And I said, well, why did you sell the business? And he said, well, I was instruct, I was an instructor, teacher, owner, mentor for six guys that worked for me. Right. And he said, I felt like I could make a better impact to the world by going to work for this international, mm-hmm. I'm assuming billion dollar plus corporation and really being able to share that knowledge on a lot broader basis. So to to your point, you know, rather than being one more plumber, you can inspire a thousand more plumbers. I think that way of looking at that in in that compound growth is really that that is smart, a, um, but much more needed. You know, like if we could take, and I know that that kick ass careers has tried to do that by having multiple ambassadors and ambassadresses. I guess is the right word for that. Getting the word out on a bigger scale, but it's a great point you make. You know, you could you could crimp pipe and make solder joints all day, and you've done one person's work. Right. But if you can show a group of kids one day at a school, then you've just opened up the door to a much broader audience. So, exactly. All right, Gabby, you're you're quiet, Gabby. What are you are you scheming here on the um like? buy some PVC cutters this afternoon and learning how to do some plumbing. Where are you at with this? <laughs> maybe, maybe. It definitely sounds interesting. And I can't say that it would be a bad skill to have for sure. Um, now, they were just talking out there. So I wanted to make sure my feed wasn't interrupting the conversation. These people, I mean, they don't understand that straight out of Crumpton is it's like worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> Show some respect. So now, I, I just think it's interesting with your background and you coming through traditional academic routes, I always like to get your perspective on what we're talking about. Um, because you know, a lot of people have done what you did, which was go to traditional college without exposure or awareness. I mean, hell, you could have been a great welder for all I know. And you know, eventually we're gonna convert you over uh to, to that. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, really, I mean, I definitely also grew up watching Bob's Builder, <laughs> the great show. Um, but I think for me, the probably biggest and potentially only exposure I had was when I was in middle school, we had a, I don't know that I would call it a technical class. They had a name for it that now I could not tell you what they called it. Um, but I also went to school in Pennsylvania. And so we had a class and we did sanding. We built like CO2 cars and we built little desk jockeys and things like that. Um, And I love sanding. Sanding is great. It's one of my favorite things to do. Maybe you're part Amish. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, I've probably said that. Right? Now, since that class, anytime I get the opportunity to sand something, I do it. I've 
through college, I had friends who would like build tables and stuff for their backyards and so they didn't have to go buy them. And I was like, I'll sand it for you. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was really like probably the biggest skill that we learned, to be honest, outside of sanding. I can't really remember anything else that we really did in that class. You missed your calling, girl. You could have been a world class sander. Yes, just going around sanding things for everyone and anyone. Um, yeah, but that I think for me was like my, I guess, biggest exposure. And honestly, I kind of wish there had been more there to learn more about, you know, just sanding and learning more about like kind of what goes into different types of skilled trades and things like that. Um, Gabby, but look at it. It worked. I mean, you were at middle school. So I know we're hitting the right, that's the right group. You know, uh, uh, you both watched Bob the Builder. I never did. (laughs) I'm going to go back and and binge watch it, though, coming up this weekend. But I think by setting the tone early and then bringing in real stuff, you know, as that, once you've laid the foundation with, uh, you know, whether it be puzzles, whether it be books, what have you, you've got it stirring around up there. And then when you're old enough in middle school to really start, you know, rubbing two sticks together and making a complete sentence, mm-hmm. then you add real life stuff and hell, you know, you can learn to be a sander. So <laughs> I think it's cool. No, it definitely, I would say it definitely made a difference. I think it's one of those things where even though I didn't go into the skilled trades due to that, it definitely made me not necessarily more willing, but like I look forward to doing things with my hands. Like when my dad's doing some kind of project, like he built our, we have a table in our backyard that we used to like eat dinner sometimes when it's nice outside and stuff like that. And he built it because my mom was like, we're not buying a new table. And I was so excited to help him build it and kind of stand it and sand it and, you know, lay out the plan. He made all the measurements and things like that. Um, And so it's definitely made me more excited and feel more confident when doing smaller projects like that that aren't necessarily, you know, I'm not in the skilled trades, but it's definitely an accomplishment to build something of your own and know that like, Hey, like I wanted this project done and I, you know, used, used my hands and I, and I did it, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely would say that even just with one class in middle school where literally basically all we did was cut some wood and then sand it, it definitely made a difference. Look, look at her page. She's like actually giddy about sanding. I didn't (laughs) know this, sir. Yeah. I know when I'm getting you for Christmas, a new orbital sander. <laughs> now, I'm curious, uh, when when you're watching or, or getting feedback on the books from the kids, what what what's coming out of that? What is the output of a kid that reads your book? How do you gauge that? I don't I'm I'm just trying to think about it. Yeah, I mean I haven't done 
as much marketing as I probably should or would like to. Um, but I have sold a lot of them just by talking about it and, you know, family, friends and all the adults get back to me that their kids love it and want to do it. So especially with the new one, the illustrations are a little bit more fun, simple and engaging. And then kids can actually do it with help from their parents. And it gets them, you know, working with their hands, like you said, which is really cool. So it's really rewarding to be able to see kids like, you know, wanting to hold tools, like holding wrenches, like that's pretty exciting for them and for me because I am making a difference then. So I think it's really good that there's a lot of efforts, not only just my books, but I'm with a construction camp and there has been more programs and stuff in my area, at least to encourage kids to work with their hands like this shop class, I'm assuming that you had. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good that kids are working with their hands in general. Well, we got to figure out a way to get you some more exposure with that where where because I really think that people would would want to buy those books yeah um because they're they're educational you know I'm going to a session here in a, in just a bit on understanding how our government and the states doles out money to uh institutions and you know there is called Perkins um uh, yeah. funding yeah I just went to a meeting for that for the grant at the school <laughs> okay um, you know, having the ability to figure out how to use funds like that to get your kind of books in schools is important. So yeah. I'm going to look for some nuggets. We'll, we'll try to figure that out. Um, Thank you. Wow. That's a lot. So, all right. So we talked about, um, getting out at community college, uh, writing the next book, you're 20 freaking years old or whatever you are. <laughs> Give me, give me a two-year window. What, if, what would you like to be doing two years from today? And that's, I know this is mild as far as we can look anymore. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to have some sort of show, which I know sounds maybe a little crazy, but I like to, I would like to be the next female Mike Rowe because Mike Rowe, dirty jobs, like super cool, showing all the different jobs. And I think that- All right, hold on, hold on a second. Yeah. You said the next female micro. Is he a female? No, I'll be the female micro. Oh, okay. okay. I just wanted to be clear about that. It's a crazy time we live in. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be really cool, though, within the next two years. Well, have you, have you heard of something called Jewel TV, Tom Jewel? Yes. Yeah. Just a nugget there to think about. Um, I know that they're always looking for some really cool content and way to publicize that. I, a friend of ours we had on the show, Nick Kasich, uh from uh, the trades, uh, super guy. He's done some stuff with that and, and getting some uh, content built around that. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still going, but I know he has in the past. Uh, yeah, we did talk for a bit, but I was just too busy at the time. Yeah. And maybe put that on the on the next burner. Yeah. Um, all right. So two years on, you got your show running. <laughs> you got Page the Builder TV program or streaming. It'll be streaming by then yeah. without, I mean, I, I really think about traditional cable TV. I really think it's going away. Yeah. Because so many people are switching over to streaming full time, um, which makes people have to learn how to do skilled trades of building telecommunication gear like electrification I, I find this topic so interesting everybody wants to do away with fossil fuels because 
they're burning the ozone. We're burning dinosaurs to heat our houses. So let's electrify everything. Well, we can't electrify everything because we don't have a grid to support it because we don't have enough workers to build a grid, to rebuild our grid. Um, we don't have enough workers to build a new power plant to generate the power to distribute across the grid. But people want to electrify everything. I, I've yet to figure out the missing link. So maybe one day I will be enlightened with that. And in the meantime, we got to keep educating people on building these these core tools like people who can build power grids and yeah. stuff like that. So anyway, I don't want to get too far out on the political uh, side of things, but we're, we've got a whole lot of really cool intentions, but the synapse between the intentions doesn't always connect for me. Like I see both. But how do you get from A to B? So maybe that's what we're doing, Paige, is figuring out A to B today. Yeah, and more people involved. I think that's the start, at least. So well said. So well said. One thing I think about is if everyone would find somebody, a, a partner, and take them into a trade, we would be so far ahead of where we are now. And yesterday, during one of the uh, general sessions, the speaker asked the audience, how many of you have children that are in the trades? And about a third of the room raised their hands. The, some of the comments were, I never wanted my kid to go into the trade because I always wanted them to go to college. Right. And yet, here we are, there's a thousand people here saying, College is not the only way, and yet we as a body of people didn't even want our own kids to go into it because yeah. we were so mesmerized with the fact that they could do better, and I'm using finger quotes for those listening, than a skilled trade when really a skilled trade is its own destiny. And, and it was so, it was a little bit sad to see those hands go up. Uh, or so few hands go up because right. I was really fortunate. I'm a second generation air conditioning guy. Could not be freaking prouder about it. Um, wish I was fourth or fifth generation air conditioning, but it, yeah. they didn't have it back then. But I just wish that more people would embrace that. Uh, and I'm really, I, I, I do believe the tide is turning. I really believe that ever so slowly, no doubt, ever so slowly. But with, with good folks like you out there doing your thing, we're going to see the tide turn, and you're going to get to see it. You know, I'm, I'm 50, I'll be 58 this year. I don't know if I will, you know, because it, I plan on living to be at least 88. So yeah. I've got 30 years left. We'll see how that works out. But I really believe that in your working lifetime, you will see that, that transition you uh, Europe has done a much better job at it. Yeah. In Germany, a, a skilled craftsperson has, is a very highly esteemed work. You know, right? Yeah. We haven't got there yet, but we we will. We'll keep plugging away. And I want to reiterate it. And I've been accused, not accused. Somebody said this to me one time. Why are you against college? I'm not anywhere totally against college. I'm for college for the right people. Right. I'm for trades for the right people. 
right. it yep. doesn't have to be this big earth shattering thing to say, I'm not going to college. Like it was when, I mean, my mom literally didn't talk to me for like a week. Once I made my, my vocation route clear and not her medical degree route that she had in her head that I should be. Yeah. Uh, but it, it should be okay either way. Right. I had this conversation yesterday with one of my friends, how like parents always have kind of the plan for what their kids are going to do. Sure. Yeah. And if if you don't know what you're going to do, why is college the immediate answer? Why isn't trade school? Well, and that's just because we've done that to ourselves. Yeah. We're also, what's unique about college is to me, and, and this is only my opinion because I've never been through a traditional college route. I went back to school at night to learn accounting, not degreed or anything, just enough to, to learn. But um, you're asking 18-year-old kids to make a decision of to what to study that's going to impact them for the rest of their life if they're not careful. Now, you could say the same thing about trades, but what the trades route will do for you is to mature while you're getting paid, while you're not going into debt, so that you can make a better decision after you're old enough to really make a decision. Right. Because a lot of kids come out of college at 23, they got debt, they've got a degree, and they don't really know what to do with it, or... They don't really want to do what they study because right. wound out or wound up they didn't enjoy it. Right. And you were in the electrician for those same four years. You went through either an apprenticeship or a tech school, whatever route you chose. Um, you come out. Now you're 24 or 22 or 23. No debt. You've been working. You've learned a lot of life skills, and now you're smart enough to make some decisions that won't negatively impact you as as likely right um, and then you turn as bell hey and you know what maybe i'm an electrician and i've decided i do want to go back to school and learn electrical engineering great we need that but you're you're in a better place to make a choice and and our society just pounds us in you know you got to declare for your your uh, major when you don't even know what the hell you're doing in life, a bunch less, I want to do this forever. You know, a lot of the European countries have a two-year mandatory uh, military service program. So especially uh, Netherlands, uh, Denmark, Norway, you, you come out of high school, you go into the military for two years. It's just what you do. Um, and I think that's really healthy because when you come out of the military, you've had 24 months to make sure to see really live, to lay in snow, to work your butt off doing something that your drill instructor told you to do. And then you can really decide, okay, am I university material or am I, you know, I want to be an electrician or, or a bricklayer. Mm-hmm. You're in a much better position to learn because you've got a little bit of exposure. Years, yeah. I don't know how I feel about our, our mandatory military program, but I can tell you a lot of people that I have worked with that have military experience uh, come out much more mature than I was at 20. I know that. So who are you smiling at, Paige? You got somebody in the window looking at you? Yeah, people are outside the door. (laughs) (laughs) 
They're just they're just wishing they were Paige the plumber right now. I don't know. I just locked myself in the classroom. I was like, yeah, this will work for an hour. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, we are coming up on our hour, so we'll we'll start to kind of put a bow on this thing, uh, and which is appropriate if everybody could see your hair. <laughs> you do have a nice bow in there. Thank you. So, yeah, don't pop my fit real quick. I got my plumber page logo and a cute skirt with it. It's like a whole. You got an ensemble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. None of which do I have. No. I don't have a bow in my hair for obvious reasons. She gets and you I'm not. I'm not wearing a skirt. Um, <laughs> you know, I do see little girl babies that are bald headed wearing these headbands. I always thought yeah. I was funny. Uh, did you see me with that? That'd be quite cute. But anyway. Rock. Yeah. <laughs> rocking it versus really getting by with it that would be two different conversations um okay and as we wrap tell us a little bit about how to find your content how to find you what what do we need to know so people can that we have 26 million listeners so get ready is all i'm telling you it's like got the eddie going to a restaurant then they can yeah. they're off the chart so i'm just i'm warning you get ready yeah. Tell us how to get. Tell us how people can get uh, in touch with you and and learn more about you, Paige. So I have TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Um, they're all plumber underscore page. But if you go to www.plumberpage.com, there's links to every possible thing you could find about me on there. And then you can also DM me, like message me on any of the platforms or email me. There's links on my website. I would love to get in contact with anybody about anything because I'm really just trying to spread the word. So hit me up with opportunities if you guys have any ideas. Well, you're doing some really good stuff. I I, I appreciate your effort more so. I appreciate your enthusiasm and your personality because you're a very kind and, and sweet young lady. Uh just it just bubbles through so you're thank you're you. a good soul i can feel it so thank you so much <laughs> i do need to get one of those uh white beaters you got there with the logo on it though i couldn't yeah. rock that so, so I, i'm really working on creating like a better merch brand because i created this but when you put it through the washing machine it just like it destroys it immediately so that's that's in the works to create stuff that doesn't <laughs> break apart immediately so plug into wash i do that so, yeah all right. Let me know if you need help with that. I got a guy. Okay. Yeah. It sucks. All right. Well, again, thank you, Gabby. Uh, you want to lead us to uh, to a, a final little piece here on our show? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Paige, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been great to hear your story, and I mean, you are such a young professional, and the fact that you are really putting yourself out there and being such a great advocate is, um, it's really a story that everyone should hear and everyone should follow along with because it's fantastic. Um, but everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For more episodes like this, you can subscribe through Apple or Spotify podcasts. And be sure to check out gregcrumpton.com for all your Greg Crumpton needs. Oh, no.